Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. I'm going live. I'm also kind of going live on YouTube over here. So just watch me with like three different screens in my face looking a little spastic. But I uh, figured it would be a lot easier for me to get through cheer chat if I had some people that I was chatting with instead of just recording with this awesome mic in my face. So I'm going to try it out. You know, Brittany and I used to record cheer chat, put it up on YouTube, sometimes go live and Oh, people are waving. Hi. Um, So I thought I would try it. You know, I get lonely sometimes. I needed to like do my hair and put on some makeup to make sure I still know how to do it. So I'm just going to record cheer chat. And this is my way of trying to interact with you guys and just, I don't know, get on camera, whatever. Anyway. Okay. So let's go. Today's episode, not even today. Oh my God. So here we go. Already just doing the most. Tomorrow's episode Um, is called Throwback, and I am super, super excited because I am interviewing Durante Lambert. He is my first male dancer on the show, which I've been wanting for a very, very, very long time now. He is um, based in Portland, and he's, you know, a former member of the Rip City Dance Crew for the Portland Trailblazers, and so we get into his choreography because he is a wonderful choreographer. I've been posting his classes on Instagram Live in my feed and I just eavesdropped because I was not going to mess up my hair today. Like, let let me shut up. But I've taken his classes and totally trashed my hair. It's such a fun, amazing workout and just groove session. He's got this, I don't know, this style about him where you just have fun dancing and super encouraging and motivating during the whole entire class. And now he's been able to move into a studio and uh, have his backup crew. They were killing it tonight. So I'm super excited to share this episode with you guys. And I would love to travel down to Portland to take the class with him because he's just got amazing energy. So stay tuned for that. You know, every episode's got some cheer chat and let's just get into it. My dog Giggles is behind me and let's hope she behaves. But if you hear a dog go ape shit, that's my dog. (laughs) Yorkie Poodle Mix, who's just extra, extra feisty. But Should I expect anything less of my dog? Probably not. So let's kick it off. Let's just get the Rona update out the way. You know, I told you guys I would keep you posted about how things are looking, just kind of paying attention to the dialogue. And so the NFL, they put out another memo saying that clubs can reopen their practice facilities as of yesterday, May 19th, if they're permitted to do so under their state and local regulations, right? So they're trying to kind of give some leeway for teams to do what their local government will allow, which is great. They're still trying to keep it fair. So what they're doing is saying that like healthy players and coaches still aren't allowed to be, you know, in the facilities. So they aren't returning to work yet until all 32 teams can return. So that's good. It's going to be like front office personnel that are in there and I'm assuming just kind of essential employees. They can't have more than a certain number. Um, in the building at a time, but 
I mean, it's forward progress. But some of the governors are saying that basically pro sporting events can reopen. Some of them are talking as soon as June, but they're saying fanless games. So no fans at the games. And I'm still trying to figure out where we fit into the mix as I discussed last week, if there aren't fans at the game. So all summer long, if they start having sporting events, baseball is supposed to start at some point, isn't it? Right. Um, We'll see how things go with fanless games and how they try to make that juicy and spicy enough. It'll still be televised. I'm sure people enjoy being able to watch a sporting event on TV, but um, not having fans is going to be interesting. And it also raises questions for who we're pumping up. Like, who are we dancing for? Hopefully we'll be able to dance for some cameras and get some airtime. That's my vote. You can maybe be motivating to the players that are out there to give them some sense of like what a normal game would be like. We'll just keep an eye on it. So that's all I got to say about Rona for right now. I'm over Rona and this is just as much as we got for this week. But I just look for how the narrative might shift, you know, because everybody's thirsty for sporting events. And I think as soon as they keep rallying up, you know, we got people rioting so that they can go back to their life as they know it. And the states are opening up one by one. So if people start going like give us sports and blah, 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 who knows what pressure our governments might fall to to get this show on the road. So I'll keep an eye on it and obviously keep you guys posted. Um, But it's now time for an auditions update. So. Um, I wish that we could see like more like behind the scenes of how they're going through reviewing audition videos. I think I saw Kelly Finglass like tweet about watching somebody's submission that was in front of some cows and, you know, she killed a routine. And so she was actually tweeting about it. So it'd be cool to get more behind the scenes stuff like that. But for now, what some teams are doing is just kind of showing blooper reels from like all the audition video submissions, which I think is kind of cute. I can't imagine how you guys are doing this. Like, Finding space and quiet areas and just, you know, I've seen seen people hitting furniture, you know, trying to get through speaking like I am and, you know, flubbing it up. But I think it's just making a little light of it. We're all human and there's going to be some some serious outtakes, but you should save them. You should be proud of yourselves. Everybody who's going through this process, it's not at all easy. So um, stick with it and I'll just, you know, give you the update team by team of what I'm seeing out there. So... Um, One thing I noticed, and I'm just seeing this based on teams' posts of their finalists or different videos, is just, it's almost like audition attire went like back to basics, you know, like hella basic, like sports bra, booty shorts, sports bra leggings. Sometimes, you know, I'm sure they have like requirements of what they want you to wear, but I kind of got excited when I saw the Redskins um, vets coming back and they were just all just blinged the heck out. Like I saw Jordan, she had like a captain hat and like this captain tied like she looks hella cute it's just exciting to see people put that energy into it and I know that times might be a little bit more difficult to afford you know some fancy audition top but there's you know a few new Instagram handles that I've noticed out there there's like gems by Amy and the dazzle doctor who just like bling out these tops and they're just so amazing and so pretty but it just helps you stand out so I'm just saying maybe they say don't bling it up but if they don't say that like just it's it's fun that's like one of the cool things about audition season right is just seeing people all glam like hella glam I'll just admit like some of the like headshots have just been very basic but maybe that's all you can do so kudos to you too let's see team by team It's exciting to see like how they um, are posting about the stats and just so you guys can get a sense for the numbers and the 
who's all auditioning and how it might be different from years past. Um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys just launched and they posted that they had over 1,500 people apply. So I don't know if that number is usually that high or if it like, I know they get a lot, but 1,500 plus sounds like it could be double. I don't know. Y'all let me know, but that's a lot of people. So, I mean, for everybody going through this process, just know that, you know, because it's easy for people to just submit videos and not that it's an easy process by any means, but more people are applying from different states and different countries and it's a competitive landscape. So don't feel bad or too down on yourself if you aren't making the cut. There's a shit ton of people doing this. Tampa Bay mentioned that they had 500 plus applications submitted from 37 states with like 125 colleges and universities and 35 different pro teams represented. So going from 500 down to 60 finalists, five of which are males, those odds are pretty stiff. Um, But congratulations to everybody who's made it so far. The Seahawks here in Seattle mentioned that they had 250 applicants and they had 89 uh, semifinalists that are moving into the round with the vets. So we don't have the same kind of numbers. Seattle's a move. I mean, you gotta go all the way up to the Pacific Northwest. But the one exciting thing that's happened in the last week is that the Texans announced that they're holding virtual tryouts as well. So it looks like a similar process. They're going to have from Saturday until Wednesday to submit videos. And then, you know, they're going to have a second round that interviews that are listed as TBD. And then they're hoping to have finals in person. So we're going to see a lot of like TBD finals later kind of a situation. So I'll just keep you updated as we hear more. I just want to give a shout out. I mean, uh, last week when we had a virtual happy hour, I just know that you guys are in such a state of limbo and it's super hard to, you know, try to plan your lives around a, so much uncertainty. Like, how do you find a job? How do you relocate if you don't have a job? Like, this is a difficult time to try to find a job so that you can support yourself doing these auditions if you make the team. So I just want to let you know I feel for you. It's not easy. It's stressful. You're not alone. There's a lot of people who are going through a similar, like, planning quagmire like if this then that and trying to plan things out but fingers crossed for you and just breathe with it this is you know it's just about that kind of a life right now so next I'm going to get into a little bit of like hot mess news that popped up this week okay so have you guys seen um this headline that the University of Kentucky cheerleading staff got into some little hot water because they were apparently engaged in some hazing activity that involved drinking it also involved basket tosses half naked into Lake Cumberland, apparently, and just some kind of irresponsible behavior that the coaches seem to have known about. And I don't know how it got public, but the university fired all four of the coaches. I think they're like one of the, I don't know if they're national champions. I think they're hella good. I don't follow college cheer like I should, but how messy is that to kind of get caught up in that? Thankfully, they took care of it, you know? And didn't kind of try to excuse the behavior. It's interesting to see when organizations take action based on how they're treating their dancers. Hint, hint, um, some teams that <laughs> maybe took a different approach. But yeah, it's super sad. And the worst part about it is it's one thing if you want to just act a fool and do a basket toss with no shirt on or whatever. But like for those who did not feel comfortable doing that and were forced to, that's not cool. So I'm glad it came to light, you know, and cut it out. Okay. Like just stop. The other hot mess news is that, you know, they're having these pro sporting events around the world, as I mentioned last week without fans. Right. And so apparently Korean soccer club, a pro soccer club, they were filling empty seats with sex dolls. 
I'm not even kidding. Um, they ordered it from the same company that makes sex dolls, even though they weren't aware that they were actually sex dolls, but they were sex dolls. So they have sex dolls up in the stands. Some of them were male, some of them were female. And I guess there was a big uproar because they saw like some stickers or banners of the company that makes the damn sex dolls. So, I mean, just can we not? And sometimes, you know, other teams are like doing like cutouts of fans throughout the stands and like banners showing fans like that's going to be really sad. Like that's a sad backdrop. I think live cheerleaders would be a much better visual than some sex dolls or some banners. I'm just saying. Let's hope that they... Fanless games, you guys. It's going to get weird. I think it's going to get weird. Let's see. I have a question, you guys. Um, I've debated, you know, whether to even bring this up, but I'm a truth behind the palms kind of person. You know, I'm trying to be a little bit more available in terms of you guys getting to know me now that it's, you know, I'm out by myself, but... You guys know I'm a shit talker and I'm also just, I'm a keep it real girl. That's just who I am. But there was something that was eating at me a little bit and I was just curious what you guys think. So, you know, with the podcast, I do a lot of just corresponding with people back and forth and I sing things I like, I share it, I promote it, whatever. Um, Not a big deal. I'm not getting ads for sponsorships. I'm not really push. I hate ads. I mean, do you guys hate ads? I hate ads. So um, it's all love for me, all positive energy. And I'm just curious, like, would you guys feel a certain way? Like somebody reached out about being um, on my show with the idea that we would be on each other's show. Right. And I thought it was a great opportunity and, and took them up and had them on my show. And the favor wasn't returned. And it's not a big deal. I didn't make a big deal of it at all. But I've noticed that some of the guests that I've had on my show are now have been guests on this person's show. And the only reason why I bring it up is just that, how would you guys feel? That's what I mainly wanted to know. It was just like, is that something that strikes you as, you know, just kind of being fair? Um, I just want this space that I'm trying to create with everybody to be something where I bring you people that I think are dope, that I think um, have a great message that I just feel that vibe from. And I don't own this space. I mean, I think this was the first podcast to do anything like this. And obviously it's a free country and I don't own any guests and I don't own the topic of pro cheerleading, but it's just kind of, it's just like a mutual respect thing, right? Am I crazy? Y'all can comment. I mean, I said what I said. I think it's just something that I'm curious what you guys would think because it just seems a little odd to me. Okay, anyway, let's go back to the episode. I am, like I said, just wanting to bring you guys things that I think are important to talk about. And having like the first male dancer on the show means a lot because there's been so much change in this space over the past year or so. And the Portland Rip City crew was one of the new teams that were added to the Trailblazers in a manner that I thought was like spot on. Oh, thank you. Definitely should be returned, I believe. Of course, it's off topic. Then that's different. No, it's not off topic. But yeah, thank you for that. I'm just reading comments. Otherwise, I'll miss them. Uh, When you have good content and you do your job well, people will do that. It hurts and it's not easy to let it go, but keep going. Thank you, guys. You know, relax, relate, release. And I was just curious, you know what I'm saying, Um, how you guys would take a similar situation. But again, you know, this episode is all about Durante Lambert and I just wanted to share with you guys why I call the episode throwback like part of my joy is always trying to find a song that totally reminds me of the person that I interviewed or has some tie to them and taking his class the last few times I couldn't really find a way to describe it but it gave me like this throwback vibe of you know how like when you just 
are dancing at home and nobody's around and you just feel good and you have like pockets in the choreography where you could add your little stank on it and just have fun with it. His choreo totally reminds me of that and his performance quality, his vibe, his aura, his energy is just kind of like an old school vibe. You'll hear about him and how he started with African dance when he was very young and I think he must have like an old soul. Maybe that's what it is, but I named this episode Throwback because this song, it's by Gawain, or I don't know how you pronounce the dude's name, um, Cutie Pie, but it's like my happy song. Like, you know how you have like a playlist of just songs that put you in a good mood, put you in a good space, and this song does that for me, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear this episode. Thanks for hanging with me for Cheer Chat. It feels so much better, actually, like so much better. <laughs> so you'll see my face. It'll be one reason to kind of try to get halfway decent. Um, while I'm sitting up here in Rona quarantine, but I will sign off for now and kick it over to the interview. I can't wait for you to see this episode tomorrow. Let me know what you think. Take his class. Like he just finished one and I wish I could have joined, but I would have messed up my hair. And, (laughs) but he's doing them probably like weekly and, you know, support these choreographers, you guys, with any donation that you can, right? I mean, it's a way of saying thank you and showing love to them. And I just... Imagine that trying to just give back by making these classes um, available on Instagram live, but it's, it's a good thing to do, whatever you're able to contribute. um, I think it's a, it's a good gesture. What you put out, you give back. So with that said, here is your throwback episode. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? You know, I had to recreate some magic, you know, completely sweated out everything (laughs) yesterday, but it was so much fun. I'm glad you had a good time. I love your style. Like, how would you describe your style of choreo? It's just so fun. It's got like this throwback vibe to it. Yeah, um, I would say I'm more like of a jazz funk dancer. I mean, I trained in all styles, but I would say I'm more of like a jazz funk dancer because I like to mix different styles all in the same combination as you probably saw before. So I would say I'm more leaning towards that side than more like a hip hop dancer. Because <laughs> okay. maybe that's what caught me by surprise. And I'm I'm terrible at just like kicking things off. Like I sometimes I just get to yapping and forget that there's like a show, but No, I love it. It's all good. Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. I'm just so um, excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited as well. <laughs> so tell me about yourself. Are you from Portland? I'm born and raised from Portland, Oregon. Yep, my whole entire family's here. (laughs) Wow, and you just became an uncle, is that right? I did. My sister just had a baby girl on the 19th. Uh, So she's about two weeks old now. And it was funny because I was doing that IG class and I had like kind of announced it because I was waiting for the call, like she's here or, you know, what was going on. And she came that night, like, I think a couple of hours after that, I ended the call. So yeah, we're, we're all oh. ecstatic and she's so cute and I'm an uncle again and I just love it. I can't wait that's to start teaching her dance, matter of fact. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. With COVID and everything, was it similar restrictions where nobody was able to be? Yeah, um, she was a little bit nervous. So the only person who could go in was her baby's dad. She got some support to be able to, you know, handle childbirth. So she's not alone. And we all were on the House Party app. I don't know if you've heard of that before. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah, so we were getting updates on that. So we kind of felt like we were there to help support her through virtually. <laughs> right. That's good. I was worried that like it was just like nobody was allowed, but at least you significant other or somebody. Yes, it was a great situation for her. So I'm glad it all went well for her. <laughs> good. And when this darn yeah. thing is over with, so you can hold the baby and you know. And... I know. I know. It's funny. I just left seeing her before I came here. So. Oh, good. So you got a chance to see it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Showing her some love. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because with family, there are people who have more, you know, compromised immune systems in terms of trying to keep your distance from family. But it's so hard not to, mm -hmm. you know, see my mom as much and just kind of, you know, just that family time and um, yeah, person, so yeah, it's, it's family. It's, it's some crazy times we're going through right now, but I think we're all going to get through it together. <laughs> and hopefully, people like you who are just sharing the gift virtually. Was this something that you could have ever envisioned in terms of like making your classes available online so that people outside of the Portland area would be able to dance with you or? No. So no, I didn't think that at all. Um, it kind of just happened randomly where I was just like, you know, I miss teaching my normal classes in the dance studio where you're one, you know, with your people and you're actually in person teaching classes. And so I said, I wonder what it would be like if I were to do, you know, an IG class and what that would look like. And if people would actually take it and what you know and it's virtual and, and it's just a new thing for me you know right. I've done things on camera before but not necessarily like a dance dance class <laughs> on, right. on Instagram uh so I just tried it out a couple of weeks ago for the first time getting my feet wet with it to see how it would work mm -hmm. and it turned out to be pretty awesome actually <laughs> pretty fun and awesome and so then I, I kind of got used to it and I started like vibing off of it and people were sending me really nice messages you know mm -hmm. in my dms about how you know I made their day and how they needed this and things like that so I felt like it was my duty to give back and keep people dancing during these difficult times you know and keep me sane so I'm not just sitting in the house you know got my creative juices going a little bit <laughs> well Boo to that neighbor that gave you the noise complaint the other day. Oh, right. Right. I think I was, too, I was a little extra, I guess, that day. So <laughs> I had to move it to a studio. Oh, my gosh. Well, no, it was so much fun. And you feel like you're actually in the class with you, which I guess I wasn't expecting. To, this is not a counseling session, but just in terms of going to classes in general, uh -huh. I think as a retired dancer, I had kind of like a mental block of like, going to dance class is not the same as performing and like I don't want to do it you know and then For I'm sure. not dancing anymore and then to finally just kind of move past that and opening my mind up with all the virtual classes about like well maybe I can kind of like sneak in and take one the first yeah. one that I actually took with you because we were going to do this interview I was like well I at least should you know I've seen your choreography on the, the trailblazers and we'll get to that but okay. but I was just like well let me just pop into the class and just see yeah. you know what he's teaching what is that uh -huh, I'm uh -huh. telling you, even more unprepared than this last time, I was extra unprepared the first time around. And here I am starting to learn the choreo and just completely dance out of nowhere. Because I'm telling you, it was just such a cool thing for me to experience because I had no intentions of actually doing the dances. I just was going to like eavesdrop and just watch. Oh, that's really awesome. I'm glad you were able to take. I'm glad it was a good, yeah. uh, successful thing for you. <laughs> it was. It got my butt up and dancing again. Okay, just, good. That makes me really happy. Because <laughs> I think I don't know if it's like a level of intimidation or, you know, you're seeing these, all these choreographers that you've heard of and that you've mm -hmm. maybe 
dreamed of taking a class with, but never really, you know, but it's just you in your living room. They can't even see you. Yeah. No one's judging you. It's just you. And you, you know, you do what you got to do for you. You take it to the level that you need to do it for. And you just have a good time. I think that's my thing is just making sure people are up and moving. And, you know, I give the foundation of what the choreography should look like or give the basics of what I want the choreography to look like, but it's up to you to do what's good for your body you know, your mind and your spirit. And as long as you're good, I'm good with it. So I try to preach that every single class. Like no one's judging you, you do you. And just yeah. have a good time. I think that's what makes me happy. And that's the most important thing. And another cool thing is that people who would never get to take my class, not being a native of Portland, get to actually experience everybody's class, not just mine, but I get to take from people I've been wanting to take from before and things like that. So I think this virtual thing is actually really kind of working out. It's kind of pretty cool for, for now. <laughs> I know for now. But I was yeah, for now. You know, you watch, you know, choreographers like in the LA area, and I know sometimes they would go live with some of their classes, but it's not like they were at all like teaching mm-hmm. to the camera. It was kind of like somebody must have just set it up in the corner and they just let it run. Do you yeah. think that you, even after this is all over with it, you'll incorporate a way for people to still participate virtually or do you think That's you're kind funny. of um i hope so i plan to do that i think once you know things open up cities open up and we go are back in the dance studios and things like that i think it would be cool to still at least maybe once a week or twice a month to still for me personally to still maybe try to do an ig class that way it still gives the option for people to you know who are in different states or wherever to still be able to take my class if they want to i think that's a great platform i'm used to it now and it's not weird and awkward for me like it was probably the very first time but i think i can can, i would like to try to continue to do this if possible if people would want it i'm down to you know give back and continue to do this i feel like we're going to be so spoiled from this that if it all stops when everything goes back to normal and I don't know about you, if you have a crazy schedule normally with traveling and stuff like that, I'm sure it might make it a little bit more complicated, but it's great to be able to broaden your reach to people. Absolutely. Yeah. All you need is your phone, really. You can do this anywhere. So that's another cool thing. You don't necessarily need to be anywhere in particular. You just take your phone and then just log on and go for it. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of another cool thing about it, too. (laughs) As long as you don't have crazy neighbors. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) hater they just wanted to be in the class yeah they was just mad (laughs) let's go through your your dance career so you have an extensive background dancing as part of like hip-hop squads and so tell me about like kind of how you got started and just everything and I'm just gonna p.s it by saying like I'm so pumped because I've been wanting to talk to a male dancer for like forever oh nice so I'll be asking lots of questions yeah totally dance opportunities that you've been able to have like how the industry's changed mm-hmm. and just kind of so anyway I'll just be peppering them in throughout oh man <laughs> okay um so I started my career actually doing African dance okay. um I was a West African dancer that's kind of where I started my roots were and that's funny that people say African is where you actually start your roots but that's true story from my life is I was an African dancer at the age of 12 taking African dance classes here in Portland, Oregon. And then I auditioned. There was a pretty well-known African dance troupe that traveled, like a professional company that traveled around the world and did like touring and things like that. So at the age of 12 and 13, I auditioned for that company. Um, And I actually got in as an apprentice in an adult African dance company. And I worked my way up to become a principal dancer um, and was able to do some traveling and some um, maturing in my dance career, I guess, with being kind of a teenager with adults. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I started doing that. And then I dabbled into hip hop. I was a little nervous. Uh, my god brother got me into doing hip hop classes. So I would take like hip hop classes at like 24 hour fitness and things like that. Just kind of see what that was about. And right. I found a common medium that it was kind of very similar to like the rhythm and musicality and beat and stuff like that. So I started to like it. And then about age of 16, Portland, we had a WNBA team. We had a franchise, Portland Fire. And when that came to Portland, they had a audition notice for a dance team and it was a co-ed hip-hop dance team and so that was back in 2000 and so crazy I was going back for the memory lane today to be prepared for this interview but uh (laughs) uh, back in 2000 I remember there being a audition notice for looking for hip-hop dancers for a new WNBA pro team back then I wasn't familiar with pro team and you know NBA and all that stuff other than what I saw you know the cheerleaders that would do it but I never saw anything of males being able to perform as well and a hip-hop you know troupe at that so it was a, a pretty new yeah it was a pretty new thing for Portland so I auditioned for that age 16 got in don't know how that worked out but got <laughs> made it <Right. laughs> made the team and I actually danced with them uh for three seasons we went from 2000 to 2003 and we were the main dance entertainment aspect for the WNBA the Portland Fire um, then that franchise, I believe, went away. I'm not sure what happened, but it went away. And then there was a big time frame until like 2006. We've always had the Portland Trailblazers NBA team mm-hmm. and the Blazer dancers and things like that. So back in 2006, there was a notice for a hip hop dance squad for the Portland Trailblazers team. So there was the Blazer dancers okay. and they were creating a new team in addition to the Blazer dancers that would do like primarily more urban dancing, I would say that. So hip hop. Audition for that and became a member of that team. And that was from 2006 to 2008. It only lasted for two seasons. Um, During that time, it was the Blazer Dancers and us and a Trailblazer team. So there was three different um, entertainment teams for the Portland Trailblazers. So, so cool. It was nothing like dancing for like 40,000 people in an arena. Um, Man, it was was great. Uh, So I did that for two seasons and then that happened to go away. They just took away our team and they kept the Blazer Dancers and I believe it the stunt team at that time in 2008. And so then it just kind of stuck with that team for forever. And then recently, back in 2017, Michelle, Mm-hmm. who is our game ops. Yeah. Um, oh, we, Michelle's fantastic. She is fantastic. the bomb. Everybody yes. knows she's the bomb, but she's yes. the bomb. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she um, had this great idea to see what it would be like to have some male dancers join the Blazer Dancers just to kind of see what that would look like as we are in today's time. So mm-hmm. back in 2017, um, she contacted me and um, had this opportunity like, oh, what would it be like to bring some guys on you know, to dance with the Blazer dancers for during playoffs. It was just like a small little, oh, small okay. little situation just well, during the- playoff times. Okay. Yeah, and so she brought me in, um, and she was like, "Would you want to teach the combo at the audition?" It was very quick because we didn't have a lot of time. So I went in. We put out a little audition notice. Uh, I went in and taught a little hip hop combination, kind of like something you would see more hip hoppy, more than what you probably would take from me on my IG class. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2017, she created the team. We, I think, did like two or three practices, was ready to go. I did the choreography for the first game. And then it so happened that we didn't make it far in the playoffs that season. So we oh, didn't yeah. actually even get to perform. But um, it was great. Yeah, we didn't get to perform. Nope, we didn't make it that far. So we practiced. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> So we were so excited, but um, excited for the opportunity, but bummed that we never got to perform what we actually have been practicing for. So that was 
how kind of like the Rip City crew or bringing boys on board to the Blazer organization till now. Then in 2018, last season, Michelle, of course, had this, a fantastic idea. What would it be like to try that again? So we had another audition. They actually, I was very ecstatic and grateful for the opportunity to come in and do the audition again for the next season, which was last season, 2018. We auditioned some boys and chose a team. And that time, I had did the audition as choreographer. But then I was like, ooh, what would it be like if I auditioned to be on the team? <laughs> I kind of miss, you know, dancing on the court. Yeah, like, I kind of miss it. So I was like, ooh, I wonder what that would be like. So I actually did the audition as choreographer, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I as auditioned as well. So yeah. I made it on the team. <laughs> I made it on the team. It was 11 guys. And that was the birth of the Rip City crew, which is now, and back then was coached by Lisa. I think Lisa did an interview with you. Love yes. Lisa as well. They created the Rip City crew. Back in 2018, I danced on the team. So great. So fun. I believe they did it the right way. You know, we just didn't take the blazer dancers and put them to the side. We right. actually are like one big happy family where we, you know, vibe with each other, got to dance with each other. Um, we did a few routines together and then we did some, you know, we doubled in doing our own with the boys by themselves just to see how the fans would like it. Yeah, I think they so, love this. I'm so disappointed that this whole little Rona just messed up my whole plan to go down to Portland <laughs> for, gosh, it was like March. It was sometime in March, but I think it was supposed to be Rip City Crew and the Blazers performing together. It was Perfect. a set against the Rockets. I was like, I finally get to see it. And I just, yeah. anyway, uh, and then the Rona Oh, happened. man, that's, go, that's lost, just, that's but, terrible. That's terrible. I'm sure you, uh, hopefully you get to, you'll get to catch them. They're, they're great. <laughs> you would say that the crowd, you know. Yeah, like, so I think, um, I think it was just trying to see what the fans were going to like and how the fans were going to take it, you know? And I believe it went pretty well. And that's why we were asked to come back again. I think that was like the test run to see what it was going to be like to have male dancers on the court, a part of the entertainment aspect. And I think it went pretty well because of the way I believe Michelle and Lisa and the coaches did it and how they introduced it. I think it was the perfect way to not just throw all these guy dancers on the, you know, the court in a very male dominant sport but they did it the right way and I think that's the way that and it turned out to be in favor of them liking us which is why they're still here yeah. uh so now this year I decided not to return this year because I kind of wanted to dabble more on the choreography, choreography aspect with working with NBA teams and high school you know dance teams that way I didn't audition this season but I did get to do the audition again and this time I got to judge as well so I was oh. on the other side yeah I, I got promoted and got to <laughs> be on the other is side of the table her? this time it's great to be, you know, part of the family and still be a part of the creating the team aspect. And they're great. I mean, they're there's some hardworking people, guys, and in, in the Blazer Dancer, they're fantastic too. So I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to have been a part of that for sure. <laughs> wow. I'm digesting that because it's like, I wouldn't have thought about it, but at the WNBA probably was the first league. Yeah. Pro league. And I'm, you know, I don't want to just like state it as a fact. I got to fact uh -huh. myself, but um. But just to try, because I, I do recall now, like, there were a lot more co-ed mm -hmm. teams, I think, for WNBA when they first uh, when they first started. And I don't know now, sometimes they have kid teams, but I feel like they probably were one of the first few that I would say. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I felt like it. I felt like it was pretty normal back, back then, where the team was very co-ed and hip-hop. So I remember, in particular, Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember their team a lot. So I think we kind of, like took off to them a little bit because I believe they had their team before 
we have the actual Fire franchise, if I'm correct. But yeah, it was pretty normal. And the, I felt like back then, too, the fans were different for the WNBA than the fans are for the NBA in a, weird, yeah. in a different way. The energy was different. They loved us. You know, that was the norm is to have a co-ed team in hip hop versus, you know, when you have the NBA, they're used to the, you know, cheerleaders or the, the female dancers. But I think it's now it's like, it's dope. I love that they have guy dancers doing it. I mean, because we can kill it too. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean, like you said, I think the, um, what we've seen in the last year is just a variety of approaches in terms of how um, males were incorporated into both NFL and NBA. But I think it's a, just watching this landscape change where there are more opportunities for male dancers and like the interview with Lisa, the interview with Michelle, just kind of like at a time where it just hurt a lot the way that certain things were happening. It just really kind of like balanced out the picture of just like, why wouldn't we want equal opportunities for male dancers? And Mm -hmm. I mean, I get that like the overall sport is male dominated, but the dance opportunities are just so small to come about in the first place that it is great that there are professional dance opportunities for men that aren't just around like touring with artists or, I mean, I keep hearing stories of like how this is, the, is shrinking in, in like in LA, New York, in terms of certain types of dance opportunities for just in general, not just for male or female, but like mm-hmm. to have a, a space where it's like, it's going to be structured where there's auditions and, and requirements and things like that. And where it's just really, you're just part of the same organization and team. And sure. whether they do it in a co-ed manner or just having a separate team, but I just think it it can be done, and it creates an awesome, awesome opportunity for for male dancers. Absolutely, absolutely. That's so cool. So then yeah. you, you wanted to focus on choreography. Tell me a little bit about the teams that you worked with, and yeah, it was a tough decision because I like I love performing. That's like in my blood is just being in front of a crowd or an audience that's kind of like my passion for so many years that's what I did so it was a tough decision deciding if I wanted to re-audition for Rip City Crew this season took some reaching in to see really what I wanted to do in my career and so I kind of took the path of wanting to do more choreography and dabbling into that like artistic directing and things like that so I would say I'm kind of pretty new and trying to get into the pro team choreography world. Um, I work with a lot of high school dance team and collegiate teams, but I really, I think my passion is really the NBA, like working with the pro teams and things like that. So I'm just right now trying to work on my craft, getting more knowledge under my belt, figuring out styles and things that work on the court and just posting as much stuff on social media so people see my work and hopefully will hire me one day. I mean, I think that's what I'm trying to do right now and working on connections and things like that and making sure the right organizations and coaches and things that are seeing my work and hopefully like it and give me a chance to come and work with their team. So only thing I've worked with so far is the Blazer Dancers, uh-huh. the Rip City crew, and I've worked with the Portland Winterhawks dance team. Oh yeah. Um, they, yeah, I've done it. I've worked with them a few different times over the past couple of years. They continue to bring me back and I'm so thankful for the opportunities. So they um, dance their butts off on that ice. Like it's, I it's crazy. Think. But it's they do it though. Pull it off and kill it like on the Floor, but I just I feel uh, I will never mind the crazy. ice, right? Yeah, <laughs> crazy, crazy. I know. I've just worked with a lot of the Portland teams so far, but hopefully one day looking to reach out and showcase and bring my style to these other teams everywhere, really. So I'm just trying to work on my craft and spreading the word with my choreography and posting on social media and keeping my fingers crossed. You know, like we were saying earlier, you know, having that reach of allowing people in different markets to take your classes I mean I just think that's kind of where it'll just start to snowball because the more people hear about 
your work and seeing it and how fun it is. Oh my goodness. It makes me so like, happy. Infection. Yeah. It's infectious. So I'm excited. So excited about it. So excited. Before <laughs> I will be seeing your choreography in a lot more places moving forward. I know I'm jumping on back and forth, but no, it's all good. Um, just because it was a hard decision for you because of, um, I'm assuming maybe the time commitment and the time that you'd want to devote to, you know, developing your craft as a choreographer, but mm-hmm. if we could take a step back to um, dancing for Rip City Crew. What was that commitment like for you in terms of time practice like Lisa did kind of like lay the groundwork for how she kind of created the team and there's you know similar structure mm-hmm. and requirements for you guys but from your perspective I'd love to hear like what it was like to be a part of the team and yeah totally so um last this the year that I was on it since it was a brand new team it was trial and error they were trying to figure it out um the commitment level it was a, it's a commitment, you know, you're, it's a job. So we're there to do a job. We practiced once a week, like every Sunday for four hours. Usually we would uh, split up. It would be like the Rip City, the boys, we would practice whatever we needed to practice for like the first two hours in one studio. And then like the last two hours, we would go into another studio where we have the Blazer dancers. And if we had any games or anything that we were going to work together or dance together, we would then bring both teams together and practice like the last two hours. So it was actually a really cool situation. So it was really once a week and we only performed at, I believe like between 10 and 12 games in the whole season. season. Um, Yes. It wasn't a huge, huge commitment like it would be for the Blazer dancers when there's like 40 plus games. We only did like between everything between 10 and 12 and then just practice once a week. So it was uh, manageable, very manageable. But from this year, because, you know, they loved us so much, and plus we want to uplift and make the team better, you know, I believe that they're practicing twice a week this season, four hours apiece, and they dance at, I think, 30 games, if I'm correct. Oh, yeah, they, like, doubled. They, they loaded it on big, yeah, they, because the fans love it so much. And I think, yeah, they rehearsed twice a week in, like, 30-plus games, so the commitment level is very different than when I was on the team. And well, so that makes sense. I was, I was yeah. curious that maybe that might have been part of it. Um, but just hearing, yeah, that would be something to digest in terms oh, of. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Your, your game day, too. Like from social media and stuff, I noticed that they were having like Rip City crew interacting with fans before the game mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. a style circle and break. Down. I don't know what all was happening. Yeah. they So, yeah. So I can only talk for the year that I was on, but yeah. I can give you a little information for what I believe or what I see as well that they're doing this year. But the year I was on, like I keep saying, it was our first time. We didn't want to do too much and be too but, extra the first year, but they're like, Oh no, you know what I mean? So we just kind of baby steps to where they want us to do. So back then when I was on the team, we would um, dance one quarter and it may be that we do a, a co-ed, something where it's the Blazer dancers in us at the same time, you know, we'll do something together. Or there was a few times where we got to actually dance by ourselves, where it was just the guys out there. So we would dance one quarter of the game. We didn't do any fan crowd engagement at that time, that season. So we kind of just laid low until it was our time to you know, go out and dance. But we love to support the girls. You know, we would go and watch them and root them on for the tunnels and things like that. We would draw our own little freestyle battles in the dressing room until it was time to dance. You know how (laughs) guys are. We battle each other and keep the energy flowing until it was time to go out for us to, you know, perform. So we just did a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's pretty low key for us back then. But now this year, I think the guys are doing a lot more things where they're doing, I think it's called the Blazer Parade or, or Blaze 
parade where it's our mascot who does like these parades in the concourses and things like that. Um, But they get to freestyle and battle and do all these cool things in the concourse and let the fans actually, you know, be a part of it. Yes, they do that. And I think they give out like bangers now. So they're much more involved with the fans, which is a fantastic thing. Like they get to be out more, you know, so people can see them and stuff like that. So they have a lot more opportunities this time because I think that we've done it once, so now they know what we can do. Right. You know, we, we have a little bit of under our belt of what to expect. But it's a job. It's a lot of work. You know, they want the best of the best. And so that's the expectation. So the guys, they're doing it. <laughs> wow. Well, I've yeah. always been curious, like, if the guys would ever, I mean, from your perspective, like, would you want to have, as a dancer, if you're still part of the team, like, that kind of, you know, persona where you have, like, your bio and your name and your stats? I would always think to myself that maybe guys are cool with the low profile or would it be actually kind of cool in terms of being able to market yourself to actually have your own like social media account for the team that you're on or like your own bios at least or something that kind of be able to market it so I think so I mean I always wanted that (laughs) like you know if you're going to dance for an organization and be in a job I would I would want people to know things about me and fun facts and you know what I do when I'm not on the court and things like that I would love that and I think a lot of the guys would love the same stuff that the girls would get I think it's because we're all the same umbrella we're all representing the same team Mm -hmm. and I think it's it's just a great thing fans want to know that you know I think (laughs) <laughs> you know, I think maybe it's just because, like you said, all the not the baby steps, but just trying mm-hmm. to kind of bring something new to, you know, an organization in the fan base, figuring out what's too much or just like the right pace of, of putting it on everybody. But uh-huh. I think it's definitely safe to say that people are curious, right? I mean, yeah. and I've noticed just from a few of the other like male crews that have formed in the last year, a couple of years. They have like maybe an Instagram account, but not really a big website presence for the team yeah. or bios or anything like that. So hopefully that'll be something that'll improve for just a I hope so too. Yeah. I hope so too. I, and I feel like they will get there. I do mm-hmm. feel like they will get there. But yeah, because people are curious. They want to know, yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So back to the choreo. So you're having your time to develop all of that. I have to admit, I don't follow it as much in terms of like college, but just like all of those like dance competitions and all that kind of stuff do you know yeah like the nda and uda competitions stuff like that um so i have not dabbled into that world yet i'm more so on the state level in terms of like state competition level not as much nationally where they're competing yet i am hoping to get some of those teams under my belt i can do it (laughs) i can do it and i'm hoping that someone brings me on to let me showcase you know that work of mine but right now, I think my jam is, like I said, the NBA, one and a half minute routine, go out and kill it, kill um, it. quick, easy, uh, just all about, you know, entertainment. I think that's what I, that's what I love so much right now. <laughs> and you have such, I mean, your experience speaks to that. I mean, you've been basically performing in front of NBA, WNBA crowds as part of your professional career. So, you know, you have a good sense of what resonates with the crowd right. and different markets might vary a little bit in terms of like right. style or whatever but that's your jam did you notice that like some of the like your teammates when you were on the team for rip city because i could see you kind of being like the pro that you've been used to this what are are the rest of the teammates (laughs) like 
it's a different yeah. environment, I would say, in terms of performing, right? Totally, it's, totally. A lot of the guys on my season, some of us knew each other outside of the audition because, you know, we all take each other's classes and right. stuff like that. I, I teach quite a bit in the Portland area. Where, so when it came to audition, I kind of helped promote, like, go be a part of this team because I've done it for so much. I mean, it's so fun. There's nothing, yeah. like I said, dancing on the court and dancing for that many people. So a lot of those guys I knew before, I felt like I was kind of like the big brother of the team because I've, I've done it for so long. I think none of them actually, except for me, had done anything on the court or danced for any pro team before. So I was kind of like the mentor. I felt like in my mind, I was like the mentor of Big Brother, kind of helping coach them. Smile, you look up, you, it's, you're about to entertain me. <laughs> Dance big, you know, don't look down to the ground. <laughs> you know, yeah. can't be all small. You got to be big. You know, you, you got to dance for the people way up in the 300 level and stuff like that. And I think they really respected me in that sense because I had the experience and things like that. And I didn't try to act like I was better than anybody else. But I was more try to be more of a mentor, big brother to all the, you know, the guys. And it turned out to be really, it was great. It was fun. It was a lot of fun, actually. Yes. <laughs> I probably saw bits and pieces of when you were on the team, but they are uh -huh. really fun and dynamic to watch perform. And it's almost like your eyes are glued even more so, especially when it's just the guys, because it's yeah. like, yeah. you don't see it. You no, know, you don't see it unless it's like a music video with Chris Brown or something like that. You know, it's just like, um, just the energy, because it's different. Choreography. Was there ever a style, because I guess it's all primarily hip hop, right? But mm -hmm. did mm -hmm. you ever kind of like wish that you could showcase a little different vibe? Uh it would be fun. I would say for me, I think it would be fun if we could have maybe dabbled into not so much jazz, but like more of a jazz funkier style, you know, because some yeah. of us can have technique. We can turn, we can do things like that. I'm not necessarily talking about a traditional jazz or thrash routine or anything like that, but like right. something, you know, where we could show a little bit more versatility than yeah. what people probably want us to be hard, you know, Guy, hard, hard, hardcore, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, there's a lot of us that can do all types of styles, you know, in addition to that. So we kind of kept it under an umbrella. I would say that the first season, we kind of kept it. Masculinity is huge. You know, we're guy dancers, so we should be dancing like men. And we, that's why we have the blazer dancers. That's why we have the female dancers, for them to be sassy. Um, right. So right. we kind of kept it pretty um, under that umbrella. But I don't think it would always be like that. I think it's just going to take some time to where people would love to see that <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. um because like I said it would be fun to do something like that like for sure that, right the hip-hop has just evolved so much from oh, yes. where it began oh, yes. and like what's considered hip-hop now and like in terms of choreography and stuff but I will say that sometimes even because I'm like constantly consuming this for the podcast right but <laughs> there are times where I'm just like okay you know it's just that hard-hitting hip-hop mm. again but like I think with the guy teams especially now the appetite's there where you kind of want to see a little something something Not like, but just like a different uh, mm -hmm. like a different vibe and it's I guess it would be different for NBA because usually like hard-hitting music and it's you right. know it's a different vibe but I almost just wish now that it just really just becomes a stage where you can just put for sure out just something that's going to entertain people and be a crowd pleaser that doesn't have to just be this hard-hitting hip-hop choreography for sure choreography for time. sure yeah yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we're there to entertain. So I think as long as we're entertaining and it's high action pack, high energy, I don't really think the fans would care. Personally, I don't think they would care what it is as long as that they, we have that one and a half, you know, one minute and 30 seconds of just full on action pack choreography. So, you know, I think a lot of the teams as they evolve, like you said, hip hop has evolved so much and styles have evolved. I think teams will dabble more into different styles. I think it will be completely fine.
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited to see it because it's me too. <laughs> you can just do more. That's pretty much what it boils down to. I mean, I think with the NFL, you know, there's different considerations, right? Because you know now For they're sure. incorporating stunting more than just like in Baltimore with the Ravens, and then you know, like some teams that are co-ed, and it's like one or two guys, or you know, mm-hmm. Seattle. We just completely flip the script, and now it's a team that's combined very much, right? Like, but at the same time, there are separate styles. Like they'll have the girls doing kind of like the jazz and the highly technical stuff. And then, but they're also doing the hip hop. And then mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just really interesting space right now. And yeah, totally. Different, different variations that we'll see, the more people <laughs> just kind of get used to it. Like, okay, that's just, that's what we do now. Have you ever coached or had a desire to coach? So, oh, oh yeah, totally have a desire to coach. I would love to be able to coach a team for sure for sure I that is definitely in my timeline of where I want to get to so I would love I to coach a team yeah I would love to coach a team and help mentor and because I choreograph too so it would be fun to have an in-house choreographer it would just be fun to do that so that is definitely something I'm working forward to I'm always keeping my eyes peeled for opportunities for sure <laughs> no I just had that like I'm weird like that where sometimes I'll get like visions or flashes that come to me and I just see you as a coach for some reason yeah put it out in the universe for me there we go I'll take all those (laughs) blessings right there (laughs) it is out there oh my god I feel like I could talk to you all night but I wouldn't I know that's how I feel about you (laughs) like where are we on time because you're seeing all this like virtual auditions craziness right with um yes yes People probably freaking out and going to mm-hmm. all the prep classes and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Now that you've also been judging auditions, how would you kind of like approach this new world order of virtual auditions as both a judge and a dancer? I know it's so different. I've been seeing that, you know, I follow all these teams and all these audition notices and things like that. It's it's so different. I think for one, I think it's cool that they're allowing and there's, even though we're going through this pandemic, that we're still allowing people to audition and prepare for seasons, even though we don't know what the future is going to hold for us. So I do applaud that, that we're still having that happen. You know, people are still trying to create these auditions to give more opportunities for people to be a part of the teams. So I love that. The virtual thing, I think it really works in the favor of the dancers, I think, because you're not in person, you're not in front of a table of judges where everything's in the moment and instant. You actually, because a lot of these things where you have to submit a video in two weeks, that's something you can practice or you like log on, you learn a routine and you have to submit it in like a week and a half. So now you have all that time to prepare and practice and really get down, you know, to the gritty of the choreography and then film yourself and do it as opposed to learning it in person and having to, we've all been there, turn around and just be able to and whip it out perfectly. So I think it really works in the advantage of the dancers that are auditioning for it. You can prepare more. And I think when it comes to being a judge, I think for me, it would be hard to know, you know, yeah, we're watching the videos and we're seeing people perform the routines that you want them to, but how do we know if they can pick up choreography? quick how do we know how their attitude can they represent the team and the organization without having a conversation you know i'm i'm somebody who feels like energy and personality like i like to how we're talking like i'm all about you i think you're great and like we're vibing so like how how do you determine how do you determine that so i think that's what's going to be hard for coaches is to figure are they the perfect person for the team can they speak well can they represent the organization so i think that might be or can they pick up choreography yeah, I can learn a video, learn some choreography and, and practice it in a week and then, you know, send the video in. But that doesn't mean I can pick up yeah. when it, it's time to, when a choreographer is coming. So I think that's what's going to be hard for coaches. 
I'm sure they're gonna work it out. I'm sure they're gonna work it out, but I think it's really working in the advantage of the dancer, to be quite honest. Yeah, but like, the more I think about it, I'm like, there's some definite benefits to not having the pressure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Physically there in that moment. But, you know, I also am thinking like, I don't know how many submissions people are getting, mm -hmm. but just like watching a video after video after video, how I would distinguish someone that I really liked from somebody who was like, good, okay, you know, because you would yeah. pick up on different things in person, probably as a coach or a judge where you're, you know, you like the way that they enter the room, you like their presence, you know, you like sure. little things, just the way that they smile and interact with people. And everything's going to be very, like you said, rehearsed because they would have time to- Oh yeah, totally. Time and tape totally. again and maybe even do some editing and mix videos together. I know, but <laughs> that's and then you get them in person and then you're like, oops, did I make a mistake? You know what I mean? Like you just don't know. So I think right. that's what's going to be- different that's going to be really different for these coaches to have to make sure they're picking the right people <laughs> exactly. if, they're, if they're training camp or whatever other part of the auditions process that they were used to to mm -hmm. be able to kind of not like weed them out but just having people gather at some point you know to see how they yeah. sell and, um, for sure you know little things like I mean, you can look at people's height or stats on paper, but just the overall makeup of who you selected. Like, did you end up picking a bunch of shorties? Or <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely curious how it's going to play out. People are hungry for dance classes and like uh -huh. prep and prepare. And um, I'm sure you've had quite a few people join your classes that are in that audition. Yeah, getting prepared so, for the different auditions. I've, I choreographed four different solos already for people auditioning for different teams. Yeah. virtually and so I mean I'm not mad at it they're preparing they're trying to do what they can but it's definitely different I don't think we all were prepared for this whole situation but I'm glad people are still you know working hard to try to get on these teams of their choices and things like that but I guess we have to wait and see right. and hopefully at some point they'll be able to come together and like you said kind of go to a training camp and see what that if they made the right choices or whatever but yeah which um, is awful to be like us uh, on second thought no but may, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's crazy. yeah exactly it's crazy exactly. For offering that you know in terms of prep for people is that up on your like instagram page if people wanted to reach out to you for oh yeah i just try to tell people to follow my durante lambert choreography instagram page i think a couple a week ago i had posted like you know, if you need solos or coaching or etiquettes or critiques or anything like that, I'm always available for those type of things. So yeah, if you guys need or anyone needs anything with a choreography, whatever prep, you know, just information, um, I'm always around to help people because I love to help people be successful and make the teams that they want to because it's, it's a lot of hard work. The light at the end of the tunnel is so great when you're on the court and you, you know, everything you work hard for, you're there. Like, I just wish that for everybody because it's so yeah. great. It's, it's so great. It's so, so, so great. <laughs> but I think it's something that for people to think about too is that, you know, in addition to taking, you know, as many dance classes as you can, and I've heard people even say that, okay, maybe I'm not going to take a million dance classes. I'm just going to take a reasonable number and really just try to master that choreography and like mm -hmm. nitpick and like perfect, perfect. So that you're not just kind of polluting your brain with a bunch of choreo for no reason without really actually sure. working and applying what your the feedback that you're getting. But I would say like, if you actually are offering critique as well, like people are going to need to send these videos to somebody who's got more of a critical eye than their girlfriend mm -hmm. or their significant others or family. You know what I mean? Like you want, absolutely. I would think like the right kind of, feedback and coaching on what they look like on that screen. Absolutely. And yeah, I'm totally down for that. And I, I think where people fall short when it comes to these pro teams are, 
I think it's important that you research the team's style because every team has a style. And I think it's important to research what the style that they're doing and follow those classes and prepare for that. You know, because a lot of the NBA teams that are on the East Coast are different from the NBA teams on the West Coast, you know, in terms of style and different choreographies. So I think it's important to really gauge the style of the team that you're preparing to audition for. That was always something someone told me back in the day. And I think I cherish that because it's so important. It's so true. (laughs) And, And just even to like be able to recognize, it's not so much like recognize when you don't have that style, but like, like you could be doing the choreography, but it's just like that extra... Mm-hmm. twist on executing that makes it match the style of the yeah. team that you want to be part of where you could be doing the dance but you would just look different from everybody else exactly because of that style thing and so getting that feedback of like you know here's my video for auditions or just a video of me doing choreography like can you give me critique to make sure that I'm matching mm-hmm. the style of the team that I'm going out for that's golden like that's where yeah. I would put my money if I were someone that was auditioning right like yeah you know, I can learn choreography from a bunch of people, but like, who do I want to hear feedback from that will help me fix my stuff? You know what I'm saying? To get yeah. ready for this specific team. And even if it's just observation, you don't have to have to work with the team, but just kind of like, that's going to be too soft for section such. Or, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. your style seems more like what I see in Phoenix or I don't know, but something or like add that. more here or maybe yeah. do this or put in a trick here or do, yeah, totally. I think that's, that's golden. That I think is- that's golden. For so sure. We'll definitely be posting and resharing your um your post about that. Oh, I appreciate it. Yes, because like it's getting crowded in that space of like audition prep. There's like a bunch of new companies popping up and oh yeah, um, lots of classes. And I would just you know for people who are listening that are that might just feel like their heads are spinning with all of that, it's just nice to get anchored in mm-hmm. what to zero in on because you know it's getting closer and closer to auditions for people, and so. You might want to mm-hmm. get a little strategic with, you know, fabulous. I like your energy a lot. And I just oh, think thank it's you so much. encouraging for people. So the coaching aspect and giving feedback, there's something about you, Durante, that's like, it kind of, I was trying to describe it to Michelle the other night. Cause you know, I went through my like semi meltdown of not meltdown. I won't call it a meltdown, but <laughs> Now I'm turning it to like a counselor. Not a meltdown. <laughs> that's a but strong word. Oh but I mean, there's something that's like, disarming is not the right word, but it's just like your approach with teaching and in general. And I've only had two of your classes and my first time talking to you, but like, it just puts you at ease. And I'm just imagining like if some, somebody who's going through like the stress of preparing for auditions, being able to work with somebody that puts you in a space of like calm and have fun with you know what I mean the calm and like the build you up to get the confidence whether you're giving critique or not it's just like you could do this like I I remember in the class was it just the one yesterday where I was just like oh lord like this one's I mean it's like like you kept saying it was simple but I'm like you make people want to give it their all that's what I think like I try I try I mean I job at that Oh, I appreciate that. Those are, you're so kind. Thank you so much. I, I try to be so positive and bring positivity to people's lives. And, and I and try to encourage, I think that's my biggest attribute is trying to encourage and motivate. Even in my classes, when it's in person, in my dance classes, like I want everyone to be successful. I'm not the kind of choreographer who's going to be one and two. Um, got, got. I mean, I do a little of that anyway, as you probably saw yesterday. But you it's want not, people to actually get it though. Yeah, like, it's not, it's like not my show. It's like, I have it. I want you guys to get it. 
So I want everyone to be successful. So I'm going to take the time and, and motivate. And I think that's what makes a good teacher and a choreographer is I want everyone to be successful. I don't want you to feel good and feel accomplished. Like you came, like you earned something, you got it and you feel good going home. And I think that's what the biggest joy for me is. It's not about, you know, how many eight counts I can teach somebody because that's not who I am and that I've worked with other teachers that want to teach 28 counts and get the whole routine done and you don't even get five of the eight counts. But you know what I mean? I'm not that right. kind of, that doesn't matter to me. I want to make sure I'm, you know, you're good. So you're, just, you're successful. I'm answering your questions. You're smiling and you're giving your all. So when I'm doing womb, ha, ha, ka, ka, whatever, that's <laughs> me making sure you're getting the music out and you feeling what I'm feeling. Cause I want you to feel good because I'm feeling good, you know? So yeah. that's so important for me. And I think that's why people continue to like, want to come back to my classes i hope they come back and yeah. not feel defeated or, or have a meltdown yeah. <laughs> never have a meltdown yeah, I, <laughs> no, I know that was a little different but um but no, but you, you nailed it like you so nailed it it's just that encouragement because i think you know it's just easy when you're learning and i'm not part of the team anymore obviously where you know you're just in a different mindset of learning uh -huh. Uh -huh. and executing and all of that but i found at least my one of the things that I really had to push through when I was on the squad because I started dancing so late was just like staying mentally, like not giving up on myself in choreography. Like mm -hmm. I could be like all in, all locked in and focus and then something could trip me up and I can, you know, I'll get in my head and then I kind of almost like withdraw in the middle of, okay, not the middle, probably more towards like the three quarter mark. But I had to really push through that while I was on a team. But I know, especially like, you know, if you layer in, I haven't danced in so long, and then you layer in, I'm out of shape, and then you layer in yeah, all these things. Right. I just remember feeling with the first class that I took when I wasn't even planning on taking it, just that you had this way of motivating me to kind of like stick with it. Like whether I had the whole damn dance or not, just kind of like pushing myself to just feel like I was working towards something. And for me, it just meant a lot because I think- Oh, I appreciate that. You, Thank you. You want, you want <laughs> that. You know, you want that feeling because like if you are in a dance class and you have that journey of feeling like, I don't know, you're just dancing for yourself. And then you're also, this is going to feel like a great accomplishment at the end. Not like I just took mm -hmm. a class and moved out of the way because next class is coming in or- For sure. You know, or this intimidating, like, okay, do it in groups and get out there. And, sh you know, it's just very like you're in your own space. And that's when I know I'm the happiest is when I'm just- Oh, good. You know, just grooving, just grooving. <laughs> yeah, just grooving. It's all, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. You know, oh, no God. one's here to judge you. And I wanted to make it feel like we were in a class together. I try, it's different when you don't actually have people behind you. So I try to bring my energy into my phone because I know there's a lot of you guys out there. So try to motivate, you know, you never know what people are going through too. You never know. So if I can, within that hour, help you and put a smile on your face and get you moving, I'm accomplished. I'm good. <laughs> You're very, very good at what you do. And I mean, just in the comment section, you could just feel that you were touching everybody in the same way and pushing because we're all like, whoo, this is a lot. You know? <laughs> and I hang in there and keep it going. But the, the energy level, the pace at which you had us dancing over and over again, and just like, okay. I'm just like, they have to take these class. They have to take your class. And they yeah, I hope more people come. I'm going to keep doing them. I'm going to keep doing them. So yeah, come take class. Let's just take class together. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I mean, we end every interview with, I'm so curious because you probably have a really good story for Locker Talk. It's what we call like a little oh, funny, boy. embarrassing moment segment of anything that you may have experienced while you were either on the team or it's a segment called Drop It Like It's Hot. And it's like a lightning round of questions to get to know you. Personally. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> Which one speaks to you? Let's do the 
Uh, drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot? Is that the question? Will you just like mm -hmm. the question? Okay, I, I'm down for that. I'm always down for um, living on the edge. So I'm a little nervous, though. I don't, don't know what you're going to ask. <laughs> they're, they're not too bad. Really, okay. not too bad. We'll, we'll okay. warm you up slowly. Okay. <laughs> Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Okay, see, not too bad. <laughs> Texting or talking? Texting, for now, sure. Like my daughter, are you a one to two line texter or are you a long paragraph texter? I, one, it depends on the day and the time and what's going on in my life at the, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Um, and who I'm and who I'm talking to. So like, so I think I try to, you know, make it bulky if I can, you know, I don't want to blow you off with just a one word answer. So okay. I try to give you some energy if I can, I'm gonna give you some time. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's how I view it. My daughter says my texts are entirely too long, but whatever. All right. Next one. What's your favorite childhood TV show? Oh, Martin. Oh, Okay. Who has it easier, men or women? Oh, oh boy, that's a good question. Um, I think men might have it easier. Okay, why? Why? Oh, <laughs> we can narrow it down. To, uh, I'm going wait. On this, a dance is, team. This, this is one of those questions. Um, I'll put it this way: I think it depends on the situation, but I think most of the time men might have it easier because that's just how society works. It's almost like a man's world. Mm -hmm. And that's only because that's what people think and that's just kind of what it is. But I think it could also depend on the situation too. So I don't yeah. think it's always men has it easier. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> you have a different answer when it comes to like pro dance or pro cheer, for example. I think women has it easier for sure in that world. In that world? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now you have to say why. I mean, because that's what we're used to. That's what we're accustomed to. We're used to seeing women dancing on the court or the, the field. I mean, that's what we're used to. So I think if it was to take a woman or a man when it comes to a pro dancer, they're going to choose a woman. Because yeah. I just think that's just, you know, the glitz, the glam, the hit, you know, all that. Yeah. You guys got all that. I mean, we got all that too, but like, <laughs> <laughs> we're used to seeing you guys with all that. You know what I mean? Right. So I definitely think in that world, it would be uh, women. Women? For sure. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Extrovert, for sure. For sure? Okay. So oh, yes. What's the biggest mistake you see aspiring dancers make? Giving up on themselves. Getting in their head, kind of like what we just talked about. Giving up on themselves, getting all up in their head. I think that can really mess with the dancer and really not make them be successful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when it comes to being on a team or any kind of dance situation, if you make a job, you're there for a reason. You know, you were selected for a reason. So... You got that spot already. So now work hard and stick with it. And don't let all that other stuff, you know, clog your mind. You're yeah. already there. You were selected for a reason. So now work work for it and showcase yeah. that and be the best you can be. Period. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could travel back in time, you can either answer it from an age in your own life or like an era, like a decade, like the 50s or something like that. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? I would say the 70s. That's my answer. Really? So this looked like the people back then just didn't have a care. They just had a lot of fun. Like the, the dancing was way better. I mean, a lot of that stuff we're still doing, we're bringing back now. Right. It just seemed like life was just so much grander in the scheme, especially dance and just in life in general. And like the outfits, the attire, the hair. I mean, I just love that whole 
that whole era. That's I had a seventies birthday party two years ago, oh, and uh, we, I, yeah, it was, it was great. Got a like rented a disco ball. It would have froze and bell bottoms, and it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I would pick that over an eighties party. Not that oh, there's yeah. anything wrong with the eighties, but you know, it's kind of like okay, 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 eighties, eighties, eighties. But the seventies, like I would go back there in a heartbeat. That means we're lit. For, yeah. Before we even knew what lit was, <laughs> I think the partying has never reached that level as it probably right. was in the seventies. Maybe there's oh, not yeah. too much partying, but it's just it's a whole vibe. It's so for sure. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite car? Bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes? My favorite car, um, ooh, potatoes. I love mashed potatoes for mm-hmm. sure. French fries, all that stuff. All that. And they have so many different ways. Yeah, I'm with the potatoes. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Would you climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Jump from a plane. Have you ever done it? Nope, but it's on my bucket list. It's on your bucket list. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Nope, not. I won't. (laughs) (laughs) I won't. Oh, I I want to so bad. Gosh, wow. That just sounds exhilarating and and scary as I'll get out, but... I'm a, I'm a wussy. I'll admit it all, all day long. Okay. <laughs> if you were the eighth dwarf, what would your name be? The eighth dwarf? I don't even know I, all the other ones, but you know. Shoot, I, don't even, I was like, what's the other one's name? Um, is Fierce. Ooh, okay. I like that. They did not have a yeah. fierce dwarf out there. I know that. Yeah, Fierce. Names, but okay. And not necessarily like Fierce, like, you know, what we know, but just Fierce and just like confidence, go-getter. Mm-hmm like that kind of fears okay <laughs> all right couple more let's see since we're in uh, quarantine this probably uh-huh. is toilet paper roll over or under oh I'm, I'm going through it now under is that like when you pull yes yeah. so not over it's definitely not over it's like the other way really mm-hmm. okay i don't know why this is such a big like is I'm, there a difference well, um, like, so like, is there a certain way where it would roll off like the top versus mm-hmm. like it kind of coming from underneath does that make gotcha sense? yep so you're an underneather i'm an underneath person that's oh, exactly how it is in my bathroom now <laughs> I, I know it shouldn't matter but i just i don't even know how that made it onto this list but <laughs> that's actually the first time i asked it but i'm like i don't understand the underneathers but i'll be curious to see what other people say I'm going to have to start asking that then. Yeah, I might be the only person that puts it. (laughs) Anywho. Okay, last. I was probably bad. Okay, let's see. Last one. Worst job you've ever had? I think the worst job I've ever had, I was a server at Honey Baked Ham. (laughs) Okay. Like high school time. Okay. That only lasted two days. And funny story is my first day, I never had experience of carrying a tray, you know, like a tray with drinks on it. And I try to be extra back then and try to be, you know, all whatever and try to actually do that. And I remember going to a table and five glasses of water spilled on the table all over this man, like oh. on an accident. I don't know. I don't even know how you'd even fail, but no experience trying to do the most. And then the next day I was like, this ain't the job for me. So I'm going to stick with dance. <laughs> that reminds me. Okay. So I was at school at Georgetown in DC and uh-huh. I decided I needed to I don't even know how I got this job, okay? But you know, lots of hotels and this and that. I don't even think I was 21. So why was I allowed to serve? I don't know. <laughs> but I was at this hotel in DC, kind of big for conventions, et cetera. 
as a cocktail server and same thing. Like, I think I quit right before I sensed that I was going to get fired because <laughs> I was terrible. Like those dang on trays, nobody like explained the distribution of the glasses, nope. and how to like maneuver things. And I was the worst and I didn't drink. So I didn't understand anybody's orders. Back <laughs> to the bartender, I was like, you know, like I was screwing everything up. I was so bad. That was, yes. That was, yes. That's exactly, yeah, I think it was the proportion. I didn't, I may have too much weight on one end, or maybe. End, or, hey, the whole thing. Right. But, yep. I'm... So I was like, oh, no, I'm done with this. The same for me. <laughs> now, so what is I was, Cam? Is that like a... It, well, we don't, we don't, okay. It's so old. We don't even have it anymore. It's not even here. So what it was is, have you heard of a honey-baked ham? Like you can buy, like, in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. That company had an actual restaurant where you can go in and, and order here hams or sit down and have, like, dinner. And it was in a mall, the Lloyd Center in Portland. It was in there. And you could get, like, salad and, like, ham and, like, Monte Cristos and things like that. Okay. Um, and I, I was a server there. That was my very first job in high school. Wow. And first and last serving job. At least you discovered what you're really good at. Exactly. Um. <laughs> I had to go through that. <laughs> Everybody has to have one crappy job. Uh-huh. But... No, thank you so much. This was so fun talking. Oh my God. No, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I was looking forward to this all day. So I'm I'm ecstatic. And your energy is fantastic. So keep that up. We need that. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for getting me dancing again. I I needed that more than I I realized. So fun though. (laughs) Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media, at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.